0: So today's scripture comes from James chapter 5, verses 7 through 16. Let's give our attention to the reading of God's holy word. Be patient, therefore, brothers, until the coming of the Lord. See how the farmer waits for the precious fruits of the earth, being patient about it until it receives the early and late rains. You also be patient. Establish your hearts, for the coming of the Lord is at hand. Do not grumble against one another, brothers, so that you may not be judged. Behold, the judge is standing at the door. As an example of suffering and patience, brothers, take the prophets who spoke in the name of the Lord. Behold, we consider those blessed who remain steadfast. You have heard of the steadfastness of Job, and you have seen the purpose of the Lord, how the Lord is compassionate and merciful." But above all, my brothers, do not swear, either by heaven or by earth or by any other oath, but let your yes be yes and your no be no, so that you may not fall under condemnation. Is anyone among you suffering? Let him pray. Is anyone cheerful? Let him sing praise. Is anyone among you sick? Let him call for the elders of the church and let him pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord, and the prayer of faith will save the one who is sick, and the Lord will raise him up, and if he has committed sins, he will be forgiven. Therefore, confess your sins one to another and pray for one another that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person has great prayer, has great power as it is working. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Amen. You all may be seated. Let us pray. And so, Lord, we do pray. And, Lord, as we, as we talk about prayer, we'd be remiss not to pray. And we'd be remiss not to, to say, Lord, meet us here. Wherever we are, whatever we're doing, meet us here so that we may know you and that you may shape and form us just as you will. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. Well, I don't know about, about you, but prayer often feels disappointing, doesn't it? That uh, as we were meeting as a, as a staff this week and we were talking about prayer is, is of course, there's this deep sense that, that prayer is disappointing. We've all been there, right? We've, we prayed for somebody who was sick to be healed and they weren't. We prayed for a new job and somebody else got it. We, we prayed that, that God would give us peace, but yet we feel as chaotic as we did two weeks ago. We prayed for hope and goodness, and it just feels like nothing. We say, Lord, give us a sign, and there is nothing that is moving. Prayer often feels disappointing, and probably if if I was to to go around the, the room, we could probably all share our own story of disappointment in prayer. And we wonder if God is all good and if God is all powerful, why doesn't he use his power more often for the good? Why doesn't he just, what is he doing up there, right? Like we sometimes wonder, God, what are you doing up there? I remember uh, watching the, the movie Bruce Almighty, where he's given the powers of, of God, and, and uh, he sits at his computer and finally just says yes to all. And so all these people won the lottery, right? And they end up getting like four cents apiece, that um, there's all this prayer that happens, but it feels like, what is God doing up there? And so kids, I invite you in box one to, to draw a picture of what you think God looks like when he's answering prayers. And, and sometimes I wonder, God, what, where are you and what are you doing? Because it just seems so challenging. I mean, like, God, wouldn't it be amazing if all the Christians from all over the world, we got together ne- on Monday and, and we all prayed that, that COVID would just end and that it, it wouldn't affect anybody anymore. And what if on Tuesday it just was over, that this pandemic was, was over? And I thought surely, like, everybody would just praise God. That this, God, this would be a sign of your miracle and goodness and that that we would all turn to you and we would know that you are the God who is good and who loves us and as I was talking to, to somebody about that they said Aaron don't you remember the story of the Old Testament where God would do these obvious miracles and two days later or two weeks later they would turn away from God and they would do something else I would like to think that even if this disappeared that we would commit ourselves fully to God but that's not the story of humanity is that we stop relying on God the moment we think we can begin relying on ourself. And so we're left with this weird world of disappointment in prayer and of unanswered prayer. Now, when when I hear that phrase, unanswered prayer, as as somebody who loves 90s country, you know exactly what I'm thinking, right? Sometimes I thank God for unanswered prayers. Remember when you're talking to the man upstairs, and just because he may not answer doesn't mean he don't care. Some of God's greatest gifts are unanswered prayers. Right <laughs> like, like, that's what, so like for me, unanswered prayers, like I'm actually okay with because I love the song, right? And I understand a little bit more what it means, but I think we're dealing with this, Right. Like, how are God's greatest gifts unanswered prayers, when sometimes our unanswered prayers are also some of our worst experiences? And so, kids, I invite you in box two, write a prayer that was unanswered for you. What's something that you prayed that you didn't get the answer that you were looking for? Because I think that we have to deal with that before we can deal with why prayer is so good. We have to look back, and we need to understand why do our prayers sometimes go unanswered? Um, And so I want to share with you some of the stuff that I've learned, um, and I want to invite you to read. If you're a reader, then I'm going to invite you to read this book. It's called How to Pray, um, A Simple Guide for Normal People by Pete Gregg. Now, as a staff, we actually did his prayer course. There's an online course you can watch on YouTube. If you're somebody who doesn't read, you can go back through um, and just search uh, the prayer course and you can watch some videos on how to pray. It's really so good. But, but in, this, um, in this book, he gives a short explanation for the reasons why our prayers are not answered. He actually has another book called God on Mute that really goes much, much deeper into the idea of sort of unanswered prayers. And so here he gives really three big reasons in which our prayers are not answered. Now the first reason is God's world. He says that God has intricately established certain governing governing principles that make the world that make the world work best for most people in most places in most of the time. That for most people in most places in most of the time the world works. He says, most of the time, babies are born healthy. Most of the time, there's these good things that happen, but there are physical laws that are in effect in the world. And so he gives the example that if if I was to drop a brick on my foot, God would not suspend the laws of gravity just so my toes don't hurt. While God cares about my toes, he's not going to suspend everything just so this brick that drops out of my hand won't fall and hurt myself. It's not just going to hover and so we live in a world that has been so wonderfully crafted and designed that there are these natural laws, there are all these natural order to things, and they are good for us. Gravity is a good thing, except when something falls on our foot, right? But most of the time, it keeps us from floating out into outer space. We like this. And so sometimes our prayers aren't answered because God's world is an orderly one. And he has provided a framework for these sort of things. In the, in, in the book, he also talks about, you know, that, that in God's world, he, he, he doesn't micromanage in some things. Um, he gave the example of, of praying for a, a his, his favorite soccer team and that somebody on the other side was praying for their favorite soccer team. How is God going to decide who wins, right? That, that there are things that God just lets go. He gives people freedom in that way. But he also shared this quote by C.S. Lewis, and I think it's really good. He says that God can and does on occasion modify the behavior of matter. Um, think about Jesus walking on water and produce what we call miracles is part of the Christian faith. However, the very concept of a common and therefore stable world demands that these occasions be, should be extremely rare. And so most of the time, these, this order that God has is good for us, but we do get to glimpse miracles. I mean, I, I know people who, 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 who were losing their eyesight and God healed them and they were able to see. Um, there's a, a friend of mine who worked at the church in Tulsa who has a beautiful baritone voice, and, and he, was, he was told that he, he lost his voice and he would never be able to sing again. And then his voice one day, he was just in his bathroom and he just started singing. And he 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 just sang. And the doctor said it was an unexplained medical phenomenon, also known as a miracle. And so every once in a while those things happen, but most of the time, there's this order to the world. But another reason why we have unanswered prayers is because of God's war. That, that there is an enemy that we are at work with. Now, we call them different names, devils, Satan. We talk about the spiritual forces of darkness. We talk about demons. There is this world that we don't know about. And there are some times in which I question whether or not evil is real, but I don't have to look very far to see that evil is real. And, and I can see it when I, when I watch some of these horrendous things in the news, but also I can see it in me. There are some times in which I give in to evil, I give in to darkness, and I do things that I think, where did that come from? And so there is a spiritual war that is happening. Evil exists. It exists among us. It exists in the world. And it is attempting to make bad things happen. And so God allows evil to work. Sin has infected and affected everything. But there are forces that are pulling us down while God is trying to pull us up. And so some reasons why our prayers are not answered is because that evil and darkness has its moments, but God has final victory. And the last reason why sometimes our prayers are not answered is because of God's will. Sometimes we pray for things that are opposed by God himself. His ways are higher than our ways. Sometimes we don't get that job because God has something else planned for us. Sometimes, sometimes we have something to learn from our sickness so we aren't healed immediately, but we need to learn new behaviors that will help us out long term. Sometimes, as Garth Brooks learned, the reason why he prayed and prayed that he'd marry his high school sweetheart is because it wasn't the right thing for him, right? Sometimes we pray very selfishly and we pray what is best for us. When God says, that's not what is best for you, I know different. And in fact, I think that we actually get the reason why we pray wrong a lot. As I think about why is it that we pray, what is it that, why do we go to God in prayer? And I think that this is sort of the pattern that we go to God in prayer. We go to God in prayer to get the answers we're looking for. That's the first thing. God, I have a problem. I need you to solve it. And oftentimes, there's some of us who will only go to God in prayer when we have a big enough problem that we've tried a hundred times to solve. All right, and then finally we're like, okay, God, I can't do it, so I guess now I'm going to come to you. So we go to God first to get answers. Then, as God gives us the answers that we want, then we begin to learn to trust him. Okay, God, I trusted you with this. You gave me the answer I want, so I'm going to trust you a little bit more. I'm going to come to you more often. And then, the more that that we trust God, the more that we're going to be in his presence. And so we take this journey. God, give me the answers I want so that I can trust you, so that I will be with you. But this is almost treating God like a genie. That we, we, if, we, if we just say the right words, if we, if we just say the magical prayer words, then God will give us what we want. But God is not a genie. But I do think, kids, I'm kind of interested in what you would ask a genie. So if you got a chance in box three, what are the three wishes that you would ask a genie for? What are the things that, that you would want? And so I think that we get the order of prayer wrong. Because it's not primarily about getting answers. But in fact, the primary purpose of prayer is to be in the presence of God. The primary purpose of prayer is not to get what we want, to, but to be with a God who loves us. Here's the good news is that God loves you. And God wants to spend time with you. He loves you just the way that you are. You don't have to get your act together and then them to God. He wants to be with you. And, and he wants to just celebrate that time. You know, I think about being a, a dad, and I think about you know, like when when I haven't seen my my boys for a while, and they, they you know they come home. I just I just want to be in their presence. Like I just want to I just want to know what's going on in their life. How much more so does our heavenly Father want to be in our presence? No matter what you've done, I know sometimes we we don't come to God because we're ashamed, and we're like, God, you knew what I did last night, and now I'm now I'm coming to you in prayer. I'm I'm, I'm so embarrassed, but God already knows. He wants to be with you. And so the primary purpose of prayer is to be in the presence of God. God wants to be with you. I mean, that's some of what I think this text says here at the beginning. Be patient, therefore, brothers. Like, just be still. See how the farmer waits for the precious fruit of the earth, being patient about it until it receives the early and late rains. Be with God. Be patient. Talks about being steadfast. That this is part of what it means to be a person of prayer, is just to be. Now, what happens is, is that the more that we're in the presence of God, the more we grow to trust God. The more we're with him, we begin to experience his character, that God is good, that God is holy, that God is loving, that God is merciful, that God is just. And, and the more that we're with God, and we say, God, I can, I, I can be with you, and I can share what's going on, and I don't feel that condemnation. God, you're giving me hope. The more I'm in his presence, the more we grow to trust God. And this is part of what he wants for us is to trust him. And oftentimes, I think that some of the time that we go, that we learn the most about God is when we have our suffering and God is with us. I do, a, um, as I think about the funerals I've done and, and the people that I've walked through grief with, what they say time and time again, undoubtedly, is I'm just so thankful for the people who were with me In the midst of it. And what we can understand is that when we're suffering, when we're going through tough times, when we are in pain, God is with us if we will be with him, and he will help us if we let him. Some of the reasons I think it's hard for some of us to really trust God is because we don't want to let go and let him. Let go and let God be there for you. He wants that, and he will take advantage of the opportunity that you're giving him to trust him more. And the more that we trust God, the more we get the answers we are looking for. And so here's the amazing thing, all right? is it, it does say at the end of this text that we read today that the power of a righteous person has great power as it is working, all right? That, that there is a correlation to our prayer life and our ability to have answered prayers. Now, I think this is um, this is for a couple of different reasons. One of the primary reasons is, is that the more I'm with God, the more I become like God. And the more that my heart is tuned to what God wants in this world. That sometimes my prayers aren't just, God, give me this. It's God, can you teach me through this? Lord, can I trust you more in the midst of this? God, can, can you form me in a way in which I can't see that my prayers begin to change and then his answers begin to be even more and more good for us. The more we trust God, the more we get the answers we are looking for. My wife and I were listening to a podcast and, and one of the, as the guy was talking, he asked this question. I thought this was a good question for us too, As he said, basically, if God answered all of your prayers, would anyone else's life be better besides yours? Because I think whenever we, whenever we go to God in prayer, oftentimes we do have the list of things that we bring and maybe a few other things, but God invites us to see the world from his perspective. Part of being in the presence of God is to get the perspective of God. And so here, whenever we can find ourselves there, do we become and do we value the things that God values? And, and in this kind of last few verses, it talks about some of the values that God has in prayer and being with God. It says, is anyone among you suffering? Um, and I'm just going to assume that if I'm in a group of, two or, of one or more people, that somebody in that room is suffering. Because I think we all have this pain. Is anyone among you suffering? It says, let him pray. The part of what God wants to do is that those who are hurting, God will alleviate the suffering. That's who he is. Is anyone cheerful? It says, rejoice with those who rejoice. Let him sing praise. I think that's part of the reason why we worship is so that we can sing praise together. Is anyone among you sick? Let him call for the elders of the church and let him pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith will save the one who is sick and the Lord will raise him up. Now here's what we believe is that the power of the righteous is powerful and that God does do healing. Now, he he heals in a lot of different ways, but we certainly do not get the miracle from God if we don't present ourselves to God. And so there are probably some of us who have not received the healing we've been hoping for because we really haven't brought it to God. Now, one of the other things that, that prayer teaches us is that persistence in prayer matters. Now, this feels a little counterintuitive because I know probably what some of you are thinking. You're saying, Aaron, I prayed hundreds, if not thousands of times for this to happen, and this didn't happen. But I know from what our scripture tells us that persistence matters, that knocking on the door matters. And so we're going to keep praying for healing. We're going to keep praying for that ongoing physical pain that you're feeling. We're going to keep praying for God to heal. And, and, and maybe God's going to teach you to trust him, and that's a great gift of prayer. Maybe he's going to heal you. But sometimes we don't receive the healing because we don't go. If you are sick, then pray. One of the things we, um, that, that we were beginning to, to do more and more as a church, and, and then you know COVID happened, is you know, laying hands on people matters. Being anointed with oil matters. And, and I, uh, I remember when we had our healing service here in the sanctuary, and just people coming forward. And saying, Lord, I need you. And and we were anointing people with oil and, and praying for people. And we we've we've gotten away from some of that. But but I just want to tell you that if you need prayer, we're here to pray for you. And we're here to be the physical hands of God that's going to bring healing to folks. Here's a part of the other thing. What what is the what, what how does God answer his prayers? Is that God provides forgiveness. If he has committed sins, he will be forgiven. That this is part of what God does in prayer. is this forgiveness we can experience and receive. But there's more to it than that. Verse 16 says it this way, Therefore, confess your sins to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. So God does a forgiving. But hear what it says, confess your sins to one another and pray for one another. Is that prayer is not designed to be an isolated activity. Actually, prayer is designed to be a communal one. And particularly for the confession and the healing of sins, and the healing of one another. God gives forgiveness. Healing comes from community. And so if you're wondering, God, okay, I feel forgiveness, but I don't feel better emotionally. I don't feel better spiritually. Maybe it's because you've never allowed God to bring healing through other people. And so I think prayer, while we want it to be such a private thing, and there certainly is a beautiful aspect of a private nature of prayer, it's also a public thing where we bring and commit other people into the process. And this is who God is, is that his will is to heal. His will is to comfort the afflicted. His will is to forgive the sinners. His will is to sing with those who rejoice. His will is to bring justice to the oppressed. This is who God is, and we pray in alignment with that. And we see God move in powerful ways. Now, I know some of you may be sitting there, and you're thinking, okay, Aaron, this is good, but I still struggle with prayer. I've been a Christian for, for five minutes, for five years, or for 50 years, and I still struggle with prayer. I feel like I should be better at this. Like I learned in first grade that, that, that half the answers in Sunday school are Jesus, and the other half are read my Bible and pray, right? And yet I still struggle with how do I actually do it? What does this actually look like? Um, and I love what, what Pete Gregg said, and he says it in less than 10 words. And, um, and so I want to just share it with you just sort of how to pray. And this is what he says. The first thing is to keep it simple, to keep it simple. Because sometimes I don't, um, you, you, hear people like pastors pray and we use words occasionally like beseech. And I don't know if we know what that word even means, but you, you hear these professionals pray and we think, oh, that's how I need to pray. But that's not how we need to pray. We need to keep it simple. We don't have to use the fancy words. We don't have to enter into all these processes. We can just be with God. And just imagine God sitting next to us as a car as we drive down the road and say, Lord, what a day. I mean, that we we could call like we were talking to a friend, like we were talking to a parent, like we were talking to somebody we trust, and just keep it simple. God already knows, but he wants you to tell them. All right? God already knows, but he wants you to tell him. So keep it simple. Now, the next thing is to keep it real. Again, God already knows, so we don't need to pretend like things. All right? And we we, we need to tell God where we're at. You know, one of the things I think that we often struggle with is that we don't feel like we can be honest with God, especially if we're angry with God. But that means that we're not really reading our scriptures, particularly the Psalms, in which as I read some of the Psalms of lament particularly, all right, there are people who are really angry with God. Even Job, who uh, was pretty angry with God, even though he remained steadfast, he was pretty upset with God. How could you let this happen? And so what our scriptures tell us is that we can go to God with our anger. We can be real with God and say, God, I want nothing to do with you today. We can be real with God and say, God, I think this is pretty terrible. You can even use other words that I can't use in a pulpit if you want to be real with God, all right? Because he knows, and he wants us to keep it real. Be honest. Be upfront. Share with them. In fact, I have heard probably more breakthroughs have happened in people's prayer life when they finally admitted and yelled at God than any other thing as a pastor. Now, maybe I'm hanging out with the wrong people, all right? But, I mean, multiple occasions have I heard with people who have been walking down the road or or driving in a car in which they've yelled out to God. And that breakthrough, that keeping it real, created an environment of where God is like, finally, you don't have to come and be bitter. You can just come and be maybe for some of us because of our disappointment in prayer and disappointment in life, we've come to God in our bitterness instead of our brokenness. And he just wants us to be. And so maybe what some of you need to do, um, and we're going to have a time of prayer here in a little bit, is you can go outside and just start yelling at God. All right, don't do it here because it distracts me because I'd be trying to figure out what happened, all right? Or maybe you're driving down the road later on and just yell at God. Find a time if you need that. Keep it real. Because God was going to meet you exactly where you are, not where He thinks you should be. And then He says to keep it up. It's January the 17th, which means that if you started the year saying, I'm going to be good at my devotional life, you're probably at that point in time in which you're starting to not do as well. All right, you've missed a couple of days and you're sort of struggling. And, and so it's easy to say, Well, I tried. But we have to keep it up. We have to continue going. We have to move forward. Keep it going. Don't give up. There are times in which you're going to pray and it's going to feel like you're just talking to the ceiling and you're just looking up. It's going to feel like God is quiet, that God is on mute. That happens. All right? But we're called to keep it up. Keep knocking at the door. Keep asking and hoping for healing. Don't stop because God isn't. And I think there are some things we can do that help us to keep it up. We are A lot of times we're scheduled oriented people. If you're gonna have a meeting with a friend or you're gonna um, have a meeting at work, you put it in your calendar. Do the same thing with your relationship with God. Put it in your calendar, remind you 15 minutes before. Oh, I've got my prayer time coming up, all right? The, the routine matters. Now there are some of you who, who you should pray in the morning, first thing when you get up. I think it's a great way to start your day with, with the word of God and with prayer. It's way better than looking at the news or looking at their social media feed, right? But there are some of you who your best time is not in the morning. That, that waking up early in the morning and going off to a quiet place to pray is terrible because you're going to go back and fall asleep, right? So pray in the afternoon. Pray at lunchtime. Pray in the evening. Find a time that works for you. God's made us all differently. Don't feel like, okay, it's got to be from 5.30 to 6. I've got to pray. No. Find what works for you. Find a time. Find a place. There are some people that find a prayer chair or a room or a closet. I think kneeling helps us get in a posture of prayer that reminds us that something different is happening. Find a place and a space. And sometimes you can do physical things to help out as well. Some some people light a candle to remind them that the Holy Spirit is is with them and is present. The light of the world is among us. Um, You know, we have our, our Our UMW have our prayer shawl ministry. And so, you know, we have those available in the foyer. And and so sometimes you can just wrap yourself up in that and to remind yourself that God is with you and that he's holding you. There are different things, physical things you can do to help the spiritual aspect of things. And so kids in in box four, I invite you to, to draw a picture of God being with you while you pray. What does it look like for God to be with you? How do you know that God is with you when you pray? And the other thing that I would say is to don't do it alone. Look, if I want to be a better basketball player, I'm going to go play basketball with people who know how to play. I'm going to read, I'm going to, you know, practice drills and skills and all sorts of other stuff, but I'm not going to do it all by myself. I need to be with other people. And I think that's such a key, is for some reason we feel so embarrassed about our prayer life that we don't pray with other people. And so here I think it's such a good gift is to practice praying with other people. Maybe it's with your family, all right, or maybe it's with some of your Sunday school class or with some friends, but but practice praying. Keep it simple, keep it real, and keep it up, but you don't have to do it perfectly. But the more you do it, the better you are. The more you're around people who do it, the better you are. And if you want to be a part of something, then I'm going to invite you to to be a part of our Mustang United Methodist Church prayer team. We have a confidential prayer team, um, and they they meet Wednesday at at nine o'clock on Zoom right now. And, And we just, we pray, and we pray over our prayer list. We pray for the things that are going on in the church um, but if you're wanting to pray more, I would say just email Kay, who's our minister of prayer and care, and just say, Kay, I, I, I want to just pray. And, and, and you don't have to pray out loud. You can just be a part of that. You can pray silently, all right? And, and even if you can't make the meetings and you want to be a part of the group and around people who pray, that's great, because we send emails back and forth as well. But you can just be a part of it and hear regular people pray regular prayers, Because ultimately God wants to be with us. Here's what I know, is that in this world you will have trouble. This is a promise from Jesus. In this world you will have trouble, but take heart for I have overcome the world. And so life may be a disappointment. Life will let us down, but God and thus prayer never will be. There will be times in which we can be and we should be mad that these awful things are happening. We are at war and this world is broken And so life will be disappointing. But whenever we come to God and we invite him into our world, then he will meet us there. It's not always going to be in the way that we want. But God is good and God is faithful. Thank you for listening to the Mustang UMC podcast. Once again, our services are at 8.30 and 10.50 a.m. every Sunday morning, and we would love to see you there. For more information about the Mustang United Methodist Church, please visit us at mustangumc.org or email us at office at mustangumc.org. That is office at mustangumc.org. We hope you enjoyed.